Welcome to the Shit Show Podcast with Heidi and T, where we talk about all the things and pour it all out. Hopefully some of this will be helpful. Some of it's just our opinions. Some of it's our education. Some of it's our experience. But either way, we hope you're entertained. Today, we are talking about gun control and or the lack thereof. So I personally have a lot of feelings around this uh, and and Heidi does too. Heidi is a, I want to call her a sweet little country gal, but man, you can't even just label her. Uh, Heidi's an incredible woman with many skills and talents. My favorite of all is her feisty accents and pinup car show girl look. Um, she's just a, a wonderful woman who has a lot of life experience and really sees things not even with a box, right? So that's not outside the box. There's no box with Heidi. And and I love that about her. So Heidi, what are your thoughts on gun control? Oh man, it goes every which way under the sun. Uh, You know, I fully agree with a complete background check. You know, we don't want to have a lot of convicted criminals with firearms. However, there are some people out there that are concerned considered criminals they're convicted and they did some really minor thing that doesn't necessarily put them on a watch list for me with not being able to have a firearm and so there's just a lot around it I definitely have an open mind uh with some of the newest reform that's come out um and everybody's concern with the AR rifles and ghost guns is very interesting. And I've been trying to see both sides of the conversation. But um, with my Second Amendment rights, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a little frustrating um, to not be able to have access to what I may have had access to before. Um, and let's be honest, you know, uh, now they're you cannot purchase a firearm without it being serialized. Um, Whereas before you could go on to certain firearm sites and you could absolutely purchase a kit with a 80% 80 lower. And if you have the correct tools, you could actually mill it out yourself and create your own firearm that does not have a serial number. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I agree with you, right. That, that guns in the right hands was the right thing. Um, however, I do have to say this, right. Like a lock only keeps an honest man honest. Right. So this idea, right. That there would be efficacy in gun control. It blows my mind that people can really get behind that because right. We, (laughs) we have a big war on drugs and People are still overdosing every day. We have a war on um, homelessness and hungry children and people are still homeless and there are still hungry children. And so while I really appreciate the initiative to keep our children safe, because that's really where this um, idea for gun control is coming from, um, I just, I don't see the efficacy in in more restriction, right? Because if they want one, they will, right? That's just human nature. If a bad guy wants a gun, he'll get a gun. I want to really address though, 
the root of the problem, right? Why Absolutely. are guns bad? Okay, well, guns aren't bad. Guns are a lethal weapon. Absolutely. Yes. Right? Yes. It's whose hands are they in? They as you a know, tool. Yeah. As you know, I have kids. I have little kids. Yep. Right? And literally since my children were essentially walking, they have been trained with proper use of rifles, right? right? Now they're getting older and now I'm teaching them a little bit more with handguns, but growing up a country girl and a hunter, um, I was shooting a rifle pretty much all of my youth and my children have been shooting rifles properly all of their youth, right? It does take a lot of training, um, but we also make sure, right, as parents um, that our children not only know how to use the gun, they know when it's appropriate to use the gun. And right. we also, I think the, the bigger conversation is, is their mental health, right? So we have, right, and, and this I know is going to scare some people, but we have guns in our cars. We have guns in our nightstands. We have guns in our closet. We have guns in our safe, right? We have all the different kinds of guns. We really literally have everything from personal protection guns, like, um, I don't even remember what mine is like a 308 that I carry in my car, right? It's a, um, mine is it's a, a nine millimeter protection. It's a, it's a small one, but it is a nine millimeter. Yeah. Everything from personal protection to hunting rifles. And my husband does have an assault rifle really more for the fun of it than anything. Um, and, and it's great, right? That we have them, our kids know everything they need to know about them and about the safety of them. And, right? We've never had an incident. Um, and my kids have never had the ill will or intent to misuse the firearms. Right. Part of that is during their training with them that we, we address the things, right? Like you, uh, just proper handling, proper use, proper aim, everything. And so we address those things that, right. So part of the problem is, well, right. The lock only keeps an honest man honest. Right. The other part of the problem is training, right? So we do see accidents happen, right? A kid gets a gun who has no training whatsoever and accidentally right. shoots a parent or a sibling. That's God awful, right? That is absolutely awful. Um, but that comes down to a couple of things, right? When my kids were little, they didn't have access. And I get that sometimes we mess up. Well, and when we place excuse me, when we play stupid games, we win stupid prizes. And that's not to sound callous, but if you want to possess a firearm, you need to do it responsibly, right? You need to eliminate that possibility of, of, of accidental injury. hundred percent. My, uh, my brother, actually, he's got a 13 year old and, you know, um, my brother has his own firearms and, mostly for, again, personal protection in the home, in the vehicle. Um, And he has a passion for firearms, we'll say, small one. Um, But his son started wondering about firearms. And of course, kiddos, the young teens, play with firearms in video games all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other episode that we will do. Um, But he wanted his little, you know, red rider BB, BB gun. And so he got one of those and then he got a uh, pellet gun that looks just like it functions and acts just like a nine millimeter. 
uh, loads functions and acts just like a nine millimeter, which is very intriguing. But in order to do these things, my brother told his son, my nephew, that he had to go to a hunter's uh, gun safety class because they will not allow such a youth to go through an actual concealed carry class, but they will do a hunter safety. Yeah. Um, and so he is now has his hunter safety card and mm-hmm. now um, knows how to properly use a firearm. Um, and what they train in that class. I've not been to one of those classes, so I can't speak to the depth of what's trained there. Yeah. Yeah. But he knows all about trigger safety and um, when to and not to have your finger on a trigger and those kind of things. Yeah. So that's um, first steps there. Uh, yeah. Whereas- it's, it's so important, right, that they learn proper handling and right. proper use techniques because, you know, that that is where. I mean, okay, so the unintentional accidents, okay, I'm going to call them accidents. That's where these accidents are happening in relatively responsible gun owner homes, right? Mm -hmm. The accidents are happening because they, right? Maybe their kid was too young to learn. And and I honestly, I honestly don't think a kid's ever too young to learn, right? Um, Whether it's, we don't touch that, right? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I mean, depending on the age, right? We don't touch that. I think is appropriate for most ages. And then once it is appropriate, you don't touch that without my help. And then, right. right it's, we don't use that in the house. We don't touch it in the house, right? We use that right. only in these settings. And so I think that the education piece is so important. Um, well, you know, with kids, um, especially with your background and training, mm-hmm. kiddos start to emulate and mimic and do and want to be everything that they see. So if they see a parent, which this does happen, but when they see a parent that is constantly showing their firearms to people or look at what I just got or check this out or whatever, that's also teaching their child. It's okay to show this firearm off, like, look at what my yeah. dad just bought. Look at this, look at that. And yeah. they're, they follow you around. They see everything you do. Yeah. It's insane. What a little child picks up, not just words, yeah. but actions views. Like if they see you putting in the security code into your lockbox, your whatever, right. They're going to know it. They're and, gonna and know I want to, I want to talk really quick to our listeners about why our conversation is so kid focused and, and and it's really for two reasons, right? One, like I said, the law keeps an honest man honest. So um, as far as like thugs and gang members and people in the hood that, that are shooting people, uh, that's not really my conversation, right? Because they're going to do it no matter what. They're going to do it even with gun laws in place, right? They clearly... Yep don't have a respect for authority or the laws. So I'm talking about kids for two reasons. One, right? They're the most prone to having an accident. And two, right? They are the most common denominator in school shootings, right? Or in mass shootings. So those are the two things that I want to say are being levied for gun control. Yeah. Well, the other issue, right, that we're not talking about beyond accidents is uh, intentional use, right? Intentional misuse of the firearm. And, and technically, they're not misusing the firearm. 
they're using the firearm to create mass devastation. Yeah, Yeah. malice. And so, I mean, they could have used a bomb, right? They could have used a knife, Mm -hmm. right? I do realize that a gun can be more effective in some ways for the harm they're intending to, um, to, to create. However, the, the problem isn't the gun, right? The gun could stay in the closet, never be touched, and the gun didn't do anything. However, right. the kid, right, that's that's where this other piece comes in. And, and I think that's where video games come in, too, is, is in video games, right, they have this perception that they can ra-ta-ta-ta-ta, and the guy gets back up, reloads, and plays again, right? There's no right. true sense of loss or damage or harm right. in that. And when that's what their brain learns, with out the full understanding of the danger of the firearm and its capability. And, and right. clearly these kids do know that to some extent, right? They do know that. We hope they do. Um, I don't, well, live, I mean, they know or they wouldn't use it. Young, right. Right. I don't live in a young person's brain. Um, especially nowadays with all the different things that are going on. Yeah. Um, and so I hope that there is some true understanding that they understand and they use this in real life, they're not getting back up. I think part of I think there may be a misconception too. There's a misconception, but there's also a disconnect with our younger generation right now that they don't understand the preciousness and the the value of life. The value of life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. right? I mean this morning, and, and I, I mean, I, it's difficult to share publicly, but this morning we were driving uh, my kids to school and my middle child, he's 13, um, you know, he, he felt whatever pressures of the world that are going on in his little head and heart. And he says, I just, I, I, I want to die. I don't want to live anymore. And uh, right, like that's such a big statement. And to us adults, like we grasp the gravity of that. Right. Um, but he, he didn't, you know, and he doesn't. And, and this isn't the first time, right? So for our listeners out there, I am Tanika Dawn, a certified life coach, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner. I literally study neuroscience, human behavior, the words we use, how it impacts us, emotion. So I'm essentially like a mental health guru. Um, and I have three kids. Heidi uh, doesn't have kids. So we, we do speak from pretty different places, which I love. And that's why this is the shit show, right? Because it is <laughs> a little bit of everything, right? right. A lot of different uh, background, upbringing, uh, expertise coming to the table, opinions, thoughts, etc. So I want to premise that. But um, my kid said this, and I said, you know, before you know, when the other kids get out of the car at school today, I want you to stay in the car. We we need to talk about this, right? And um, and so right, they they really don't in in early um, adolescence, they don't understand the value of life, right? Because they don't have they don't have the driving forces for, for what, right? Like if you were told you had cancer, you're going to be very sad, right? You're going to be devastated. Why? Because you know, the possibility of life continuing, right? Right. These kids don't necessarily have that concept, right? While some of them are dreamers and have some sort of concept, many of them can't see beyond the next day at school and whether so-and-so is going to say yes or no to them asking them out or can they go to the fair this weekend? And so their short-sightedness definitely creates a lack of 
appreciation for the value of life. And that's not wrong, right? It's just where they're at in development. And so you take these kids, right, who are wherever they're at in development, and then they have issues, right? They have household issues. The mom's like, fine, you can kill yourself, right? I mean, I'm not saying the parents are like that, but some parents are like that, right? We do don't know. Either. Right. No, I, I do know, right? I coach them every day. Right. I do know that parents say some really horrific things to their children. And so while I tend to be a nurturing, loving mother, right? My kids are also not the kids that are going to shoot up the school. And, and I don't say that because I'm some exception. I say that because we've had the conversations, right? Even right. if they were to joke about it, right? Which is a pretty common thing this, this day and age for teenagers to joke about shooting up or bombing the school, right? It's an awful joke. But if we parents don't address that and understand why, right? Why do you want to shoot up the school? And, and my kids have never seriously wanted to do that. But when you feel like you're being picked on by everyone around you, right? What do you want to do? You want to make it go away by any means possible. And like my son said this morning, I just want to die. Well, while I, right, would never want my son to die, um, choosing his way out versus depleting everybody that's causing the problem, right? Right. Maybe, maybe a little bit healthier. And and now I don't, nobody needs to die, right? It's just in the brain of a 13 year old boy. That's how it operates, right? Either I go or they go. Um, because they don't have the tools or even the depth of perception to understand, right. right. That it's not that you want everybody gone or that you want to be gone. It's just that you want to feel different. And there are a lot of ways to feel different. Um, and that's where I think we're seeing these mass shootings, right. Is these kids have, my son said this, and I'm sorry to steal the show, but I want you to talk on this in a second. <laughs> my, my son said this. The other day, he and I, he's so perceptive. This is my 14-year-old, uh, almost 15. He said, Mom, I noticed something about the kids at school. I said, all right, what is that? And he says, well, the kids that are like really loud and obnoxious at school, they do it for attention because they don't get enough at home. Absolutely. But the kids that are quiet, right, they get enough attention at home, so they don't really need more at school. And, and they, and they tend to be more quiet. And he says, I'm one of the quiet ones. And I was, you know, heart proud moment, right. That he feels like he gets enough attention at home. Um, but, but sad, right. That at, and proud, right. I'm proud that he can be aware enough to see that. And it's also sad that he can see that, right. He's 14, 15 years old and he can see that his classmates are struggling with inadequate attention at home. Those kids those loud kids, those class clowns, those kids that aren't getting enough attention, they're the ones walking in and shooting up schools. Right. They're because the ones. They're, they're not being heard. Um, they're not being so, heard or seen. Yeah. So um, to speak on that exactly, uh, I not that it got to that level, but um, I dated a man who had a horrible home life situation with the fact that he he had two nephews that lived Mm -hmm. with him and the grandmother. So the guy I was dating's mother, again, super strange home life situation, whatever they were, uh, the grandmother and the guy I was dating was trying to take care of these two teenage boys, teenage boys. And they were 12 and 13. Yeah. One of them had a little bit of a mental deficit because his mother tried to kill him at the age of two in a bathtub. Super yeah, awesome. Yeah. 
Um, and then there was other um, mis mistreatment of the other child as well. So they were removed from that life situation, like pretty soon after that. And they've been with the grandmother since she had full custody. Anyway, we're looking at a 12 and 13 year old boy. The 12 year old gets coddled because he has a slight mental deficit, yep. which honestly very slight. Um, and then the, uh, and he was actually the older and then the younger, the 12 year old boy, he got, he got thrown to the wolves, poor guy. And so he actually acted out in a negative nature because that was the only attention he could get. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's really common among kids. And I mean, that's what, right. So it's, it's like a hungry wolf, right? You said thrums of wolves. And I, and I love that that analogy is now in my head because it is like a wolf, right? If you starve a lion and starve a lion and starve a lion, uh, an otherwise very kind, loving, you know, lion, right? Maybe even a pet, a friendly dog, right? You have a friendly dog. <laughs> yeah. He's in my face right now. Burping. You right. got a friendly dog, right? But you don't feed that dog or mistreat that dog. And he can become a very violent, vicious dog or lion or whatever, uh, you know, wolf. I don't care what you use, um, yeah. really quickly. Right. And so that's what we're seeing. So the problem, right. In my opinion, in my perspective, as a mental health professional, and, and somebody who studies neuroscience, the problem isn't the gun, right? The gun is an inanimate object. It doesn't it mean anything. Um, it is the mental stability of the students and human beings using the gun. That is the problem. We don't have a gun crisis. We have a mental health crisis. That is no joke. The absolute truth from my professional opinion, Right. And, and, right. and that's, I'm really open-minded, right. I do understand that we should have some limitations, but I also understand, right. Like, um, sorry to take this a little bit different, but trigger warning y'all. Um, mm -hmm. I was molested when I was little, it was illegal. It's illegal to molest little girls, right. It is yeah. illegal for a grown man to touch a three-year-old. It is illegal for a grown man to touch a 10-year-old. It is illegal for a grown man to touch a 12-year-old. Didn't freaking stop them. Didn't right. freaking stop a single one of them. No. So I don't care, right? What laws you put in place. People are going to break the laws if they want to, and we will still have problems. Now here's, here's the problem I see with that. Okay. Is that if you take my right. And I'm a very responsible, ethical gun owner. Right. If you take my gun rights away and I no longer have the right to protect myself or others, we are going to have significantly more mass casualties, right? Absolutely. So my gun is in my car. If I pulled up to a 7-Eleven and saw a robbery going on inside, you absolutely bet your ass that I would be saving lives that day. Mm -hmm. I, I would oh, be yeah. risking mine, but I'd be saving others. You take that away from me. All I have what at that you... point, all I have at that point is drive away. All right. I have no tools to use. I have no well, way to right to, to fight back or to protect so in my concealed carry class that I took, there is a, a gal that came on who works for, um, I think it's U.S. Law Shield or something like that. Anyway, it's basically an insurance program uh, for specifically gun owners, um, but also anything. So you paid basically have a lawyer on hand at any time. Mm -hmm. So let's say something happened, an assailant of some kind uh, comes after you and you are in fear for your life and you run them over, you just run them yeah. over, yeah. kill them. 
Yeah. You call, you call us law shield and you say, I'm, I won't speak to you until I speak to my lawyer. And yeah. they actually tell you that they're like, don't talk to anybody until you talk to us. And you have a lawyer on hand 24 hours a day, which That's is an interesting concept that we've come to a point in our country. Um, the United States of America doesn't feel very united at this point um, because I now need a special insurance so that I, if, if necessary, and I don't have necessarily a firearm, because let's be honest, us who are um, good law-abiding citizens that may have uh, good etiquette and knowledge and training in our firearms, I don't know about you, but I don't really want to um, fire my weapon at anyone. And I don't like calling it a weapon because it is a, for me, it's a self-defense mechanism and Mm -hmm. or a um, nourishment mechanism. Because if I'm going to use my rifle for hunting to get um, animals, food, um, you know, those are the two main things that I would ever use mine for. But, you know, the fact that we're at a point where, you know, we have to have this insurance um, that's sad, but also good. Um, But they say any item can be used. And this is true across the board. You can use any item in your possession to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that's like we were just saying firearms. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't like to call them weapons because anything, any object can be considered a weapon yeah, depending absolutely. on how it is used. Right. So a firearm, and that's where a lot of people, they get this really scare, they get this scare factor when they hear about guns and ARs. And I have recently in the last couple of years gotten a lot of training when it comes to AR rifles, specifically yeah. in AR-15. Yeah. Um, and I got to see how they're built. I've actually mm-hmm. built one. Um, I put it together myself. I have fired the weapon. I've cleaned, well, firearm. I've cleaned the firearm. I've taken care of the firearm and I've put it back away in the safe where it belongs yeah. because there's no need to have that out and about. Right. Uh, we would only use those, um, like you said, your husband uses his for fun or for entertainment, but that's like yeah. you're shooting in a special area controlled environment that is safe for everyone around them and the shooter themselves and that's right yeah yeah yeah, they're shooting at a target and and this is an an intentional use right right Um, so i've gotten some experience in that and like there's just so many scare tactics scare tactics out there when it comes to firearms right and And these ars and the i i i get it i get it it's scary a big rifle like that, it has a lot of firepower, but, um, it, there's a lot of things and I'm not going to get into specifics when it comes to types of firearms, because there are so many things that we can't even touch on in a short period of time. And, you know, we could go on for days, but, um, I got sidetracked on my point, but the point is really is that anything can be considered a weapon of use. And so like you were saying with your scenario, you pull up, you don't have your firearm. How do I stop this? It's like, well, how extreme do you want to get? Like you could drive your vehicle into the building. I, you know, I thought that the assailant, 
But I'm going to do, I'm going to do a lot less damage and hurt a lot less people. Right. With using, uh, using my, my 308. Um, I want to go back to something really quick that you said, because, um, because it was a fantastic point. So I'm going to tell you right now, right? I, I, I already said this. I'm going to say it again. I grew up with guns, right? I grew up oh. having guns in my home, all around me, using them. I raised my three children as a single mom, all of them using guns since they were literally walking. And that's not a mm-hmm. joke. I have pictures of that. Um, and, and I will still tell you, yes, I am afraid of the misuse of a firearm. Yes, they are dangerous, right? I'm I'm a hunter and I'm sorry for those of you that are easily offended by this, but I dropped a 800 to a thousand pound elk with one bullet, right? They are deadly. They are lethal. They will wound and potentially or do right. Kill. They do. Absolutely. Right. They are built that way. They are dangerous. It is like anything else in this world that has the potential to be dangerous. A pencil is dangerous. If I fall and it stabs me in the wrong spot, Um, a fork is right. Things are dangerous if they are misused. Right. A car is dangerous if you're driving it drunk or too fast. A plane is dangerous if the pilot is not well rested or whatever. So so I'm going to say this. Right. It's not that guns aren't scary. Guns yeah, actually yeah. absolutely have the potential to be very scary. And that is why, right? That is why my children are so informed and educated and disciplined with them, right? Because right. I'm not, I'm not going to say they're not scary. They absolutely can be if right. misused. So, and that's, and that's so the key point, right? Is misused. So more education, Absolutely. Right. We, we definitely need more education. And, and I, and I go back to this, it's, it's on parents in so many ways, right? It's on parents to make sure the mental health of our children are okay so that they don't go seeking a weapon to harm others. It's, it's on us to educate them, to uh, use them properly or be aware of the dangers of them. If you are going to have them in and around the children in the home. And it is also our parents, uh, parents' responsibility to make sure that we are we are properly using the weapons in example and putting them away in, yeah. in the event that the kid or, or even friends, right. My husband and I've talked about this a lot. If we have our friends, kids, friends over who haven't been properly trained by us, right. there's not a, there's not a firearm in sight unless no. it's within my reach. Right. So the one in my car stays in my car. It stays in my right, car, but not everybody, you know, not everybody knows I don't, it's there. Right. I don't know. Um, and that's the whole point of having a concealed carry license or um, certificate. Well, you're supposed to have a license, but um, that's the whole point of that so that you can conceal it and carry it with you. Mm-hmm. But not not everybody needs to know. And nobody really needs to know that that's there right. um, because it's for your protection. Um, all of our firearms that we have in this household, mm-hmm. minus the one that is not. And again, we, nobody goes up to our bedroom except us, um, as you don't, you don't have kids in the house. So we also do not have kids in the house. Even if we did, we have shut locked doors. Um, it's, it's not easily accessed. Um, but there is one upstairs, which is your like last ditch effort of safety. Um, that one, I honestly, like I was shown how to use it, but, uh, I would prefer to have my little concealed carry in my nightstand. Yep. I'll be honest, like you said, like they are scary and that one scares me 
mainly yeah. because I have not had the training. I have not fired it. I do yes. not know how exactly it works. And so I don't want to touch it. Bingo. But do you hear what you said? Right. Like that's the thing. So I've had my husband multiple times show me because right. My personal protective, uh, firearm, it, I, I, I never use it. I don't ever want to use it. Right. You said that I don't ever want to have to use that. God forbid a day come that I actually have to hurt another human being. Like I do not absolutely do not want to do that. No, that is, that is so not. against who I am. But if, if I have to hurt one to save many, I absolutely will. Right. I will, absolutely. but I don't want to. And I like got chills. And I'm about to cry over that, but, but I'll tell you my husband has had to show me multiple times, right. Refresh mm -hmm. me. I'm like, honey, yep. I, I, I know that in the moment, in the heat of a moment, I could use it just fine, but I don't use it regularly. However, right. He's got a gun, uh, and it's, I don't, it's some kind of assault rifle, maybe an AR 15. I call it a plastic gun. He hates that. He makes fun of me for it. Um, I make fun of him for it, it kind of looks like a plastic gun, but it's not right. It's a very real, um, uh, assault looking rifle. And I don't even know what it is. right. Like, um, I don't touch that gun. I don't touch that gun for a lot of reasons. One, I've never handled it um, with ammo in it. That's another thing that, God, we could go on and on, but I won't. Anyways, I also don't handle that gun, right? And there was a, a, a time recently that we heard something on the 